podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. It's been a busy weekend, and therefore we have a busy panel. Go around and introduce everybody. Uh, Tobes, Tottenham Tobes, Tapping Tobes, Topless Tobes. I'm not sure which name you're going by this week. Um, how's, how's it going, mate? I'm going by Tapping Tobes for starters, but um, yeah. <laughs> not topless, but yeah, it's been a Good end to uh, a shocking week for us. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take it as it comes, really. Yeah, cool. Uh, German Dan. Jesus, Yo. you, you look rough, man. This, this, <laughs> this is... Uh, hey, not going to treat me well, you know. Tra- this is a travesty, in, in all honesty, man. <laughs> um, they, need, they need to let us out, or if not let us out, let the barbers out, because I've I never seen you without a lineup. <laughs> you, man. Oh, man. You know, no barbers. <laughs> Football team playing trash, you know. He is what he is, man. But you know, I told you, I'm resilient. Yeah, you, yeah, stop. yeah. You've you had some moments this weekend. We won't say too much. Um, listen, I've been doing touchdown for a while, and there tends to be a certain pattern. Chelsea lose, there's no Chelsea fans on. Chelsea win, uh, you can't keep them off. And to that tune this week, a 2-1 win over uh, Sheffield United. Um, we've got two Chelsea guys on. So Ben is on for his debut. How you doing, Ben? I mean, it's been a long time coming. You know, it's like buses. You get none, then two come on at once. So Yeah, you you call it whatever you like, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, Babs, uh, frequenter of discords, um, hater of many. Uh, How's it going, mate? Hey man, I'm just here for the vibes, you know, man. I'm just here for the vibes. But hey, hey, what though? Hey, what though, man? Who's not the right of the chopper? We'll see what vibe. Hello, it's me again. We're here from, we're here from. None of that synchronized singing, swimming. (laughs) What was that? What kind of boy band is this? (laughs) If you were a regular listener of Chessie Hour, you'd know. That's how I know know you're listening. (laughs) Oh, oh, no, don't worry. I'll be be back. I ain't listened for the last couple of weeks, but I'll be back. Don't you worry about that, sweetheart. Um, Since there's two of you, uh, just to get out of the way, really, and because you're you're the game that's just come off, um, the 2-1 win against Sheffield United, um, I'll let you start, Ben, since this is your first time on the main pod. Uh, what was your thoughts on the lineup? Because a couple of changes were made by Tuckle. Did I get that right, German? Dan, was that was that okay? It's Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel. Yeah. Tuchel. Um, Close. What were your thoughts on the lineup, and what were your thoughts on the performance today? Um, yeah, so the lineup, obviously, a couple of tweaks. Um, maybe a tiny bit surprised not to see Cho, but I guess everyone's getting given a chance and a bit of rotation, etc. 
um, James and Chilwell at wing back for the first time um, playing together. Chilwell was really bright first half. Um, James, not so bright first half, was, was better second half. I think um, everyone's kind of really, they're still warming, if that makes sense. I don't think it's like anywhere near the finished product in terms of how he actually wants us to play. We can get passive occasionally, but overall, the main thing I'm happy about is how quickly we actually win the ball back, especially compared to Lampard, because transition was killing us. So in our last few games, um, obviously today as well, teams actually can't get out. As in, once they get the ball, they don't see they don't tend to hold it for very long to, um, at all, really and truly, which is a major improvement. Because anytime we lost the ball, we were super worried when it came to under Lampard. At times, we didn't create anything going forward because it seemed like we we're worried about losing the ball and getting transitioned. Whereas now, it was it's still it's still a bit passive at times, but we're not just keeping the ball for, for, for keeping it safe and not wanting to get attacked. So, yeah, things are very much still developing. Um, Werner was bright today again. I think he's, he's been bright in um, all of the games he's played under Tuchel. He's warming two assists today. So, yeah, he's he's been bright. He's coming along. Um, so, yeah, we're, ha we're happy right now, isn't it? We're happy right now, but we'll load the rest for later. Calm. Uh, Babs, you've had a lot to say, asking a lot of people questions on the Discord. Uh, you were right. Remember the last time I was on the pod? I said this, I said that. Um, I can't remember the last time you were on the pod, to be honest, because you were pretty calm and humble. Um, so you're, you're here now, off the back of three wins and a draw. Uh, you, mm. uh, even extending further than the Sheffield United uh, game, you also put uh, Tobes' team in a body bag. Yeah, put Tottenham in a spliff real quick. Yeah, yeah, trust me. Something like, um, just, just meet yourselves again, again, Tobes. Yeah, thank you, sir. Um, what was your thoughts on today's performance? Yeah, you know, I feel like it was a good performance because we didn't have to really leave, leave the first gear. You know, we were saying on the Discord that when you play lower teams, um, the best way to win is just, you know, coast through the game, control it, stifle their um, chances created and, like, just be good with the counter press. And I feel like we did that very, very well. In the first half, um, Chilwell at the beginning, I'm going to have to disagree with Ben, I feel like Chilwell was a bit, he was a bit off the pace, but then he, he started to grow into the game, you know, because he hadn't been playing for a while. You know, he made a wonderful pass into Werner, who cut back in from out for a good goal and, yeah. That was like the main part of him play for the first half. Um, Rudiger throughout the game was a bit worried. You know, he had his shaking moments. You know, we, we you know us Chelsea Owl boys, we're not exactly the biggest fans of him, but you know, he had to get his chance and he obviously scored that own goal to stay in the game. Other than that, I felt like Jorginho and Kovacic again, they had an all right first half, but slowly coming to the second half, it kind of unwinded when you know Chef would start to put the pressure on us. But I do feel though that the signs are positive, you know, what three wins, one draw. But hey, you know, I, I can't really complain right now. I can't really complain. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, obviously, I follow the Chessy Hour account. A lot of tweeting going up. The mm. tweets have ramped up since uh, Lampard left, in all honesty. Um, yeah, man. Tuchel, whatever, man. It seems to be saying the right things. Um, what are you looking to see happen over the next month or two in terms of your team? What players do you think will do well, will thrive under his, his stewardship? And what are your kind of expectations for the rest of the season and that, that's for both of you to be honest with you you can go first Ben and then Bab you can give me your thoughts let's get that on recording <laughs> okay so obviously first things first I'm looking for Marcus Alonso to be sent to the wall um that man is a you know yeah he's a he, that man is a scourge he's a, he, on our club can't be trusted um but yeah you see me I like to make the predictions yeah so you know I'm not afraid to throw my hat in there and you know say something I respect that. I respect Bobby Schmeder yeah Listen, brother, it's funny that you say the that. Hat, the, hat, the hat hasn't come down. Is that the hat yeah. in the background there? No. Funny enough, actually. <laughs> funny enough, actually. It's funny that you say Bench that. Because right now, me and Babs, we're on a gang thing right now. We're repping the bloods, but nobody regular blood. 
this is the blood of our enemies. <laughs> this is the blood of our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? What's going on here? Hey, I don't listen, know, man. Yeah. I do not know, man. So you listen. get these kids, kids fresh out of high school, <laughs> and they start, they start running rampant. So, yes, back to my question, please, Ben. Uh, your expectations? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, just a cheeky dig. Um, yeah, no, top four, top four, man. I said that. I said that from like it's not too late. It's January times. We still the the the, the tools are there. We just need a different workman. You see what I'm trying to say? So, yeah, now top four, especially the way the season's going. Like, we're one point behind Liverpool now. Like, Mush was talking a lot a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Oh, people behind us really looking at us. Like, yes, we are. And now we're one point behind. So, top four can definitely happen. Yeah, you, like you say, you're one point behind. And it's it seems like every team has had a bad period in the season, probably a bar city. We started really poorly. Spurs have had a bad period. You guys kind of had one the end of Lampard's um, tenure. German Dan, it seems like you're just in a, a dark, twisted fantasy. Uh, <laughs> and, and it just is never ending. Um, so yeah, now it gets now it gets serious because um between us in second on 45 points, all the way down to Villa in ninth, there's only a 10-point gap. And Villa have got two games in hand. Everton are seven for 37. They've got two games in hand. So yeah, these results, every game is gonna start feeling bigger and bigger. Um, cool. So you guys are really happy, uh, Babs. Babs, what are your predictions for the rest of the? You thought I forgot you, but I didn't. Um, hey, what, I'm are ready, what are your predictions for the rest of the season? Who you? What players are you expecting to take a jump under Tuchel? And uh, where do you think your team is going to finish now in the in the Prem? And how do you think you're going to do in Europe? I think those are two excellent questions. I'm going to start with the players. You know, the first player that comes to mind is Mason Mount. Not just because I feel like he's going to get a chance to prove himself, but I think he's going to have to actually earn that start now. You know, under Lampard, he, he was like the first name on the team sheet, but now he's going to be very, very much under meritocracy. Um, other than Mount Cho, you know, he looks like Cho's um, two shells son all of a sudden now. You know, he's looking good. You know, two man the match performances can't complain. Something like um, Reach um, Reach James and Chilwell. I feel like they're going to be tested a lot because under Lampard, our, our player, our style of play was very heavily reliant on crossing. Whereas under Tuchel, there's a lot less there's a lot less of emphasis there, so they're going to be tested to actually prove their game and expand their game a lot more. Um, Werner as well. Werner's looking a whole lot more comfortable. You know, it's still worrying because he hasn't really scored yet. But you know, he got an assist today. He got a, he got an, a pen. You earned a penalty for the match winning goal, and yeah, it's looking a bit. It's looking good for him. And another one, the last one, but last but not least, Kai Havertz. I'm going to put my name out there. I'm putting my stocks in Kai. So you know what? If, if you might want to come, come to Babs, isn't it? I'm telling you right now, Kai Havertz under under Tuchel, we're going to see a different player. You know, the confidence will be back. You know, no more coronavirus, no more Lampard tax. We're back, baby. And so yeah, what, in terms what, of our... So, go on. So hold on, hold on, hold on. So what does that exactly... So Kai Havertz, we're back. And he's mm. a goal-scoring attacker mm. um, in, in Germany. What does Kai Havertz, we're back, look like in, in England? Like, how, how do we judge if your, if your prediction has been correct? And what, what should we be looking out for? Mm, yeah, so for me personally, I think it's all about the confidence now he plays because I don't know if you guys watched the City game. He came off the bench, he got an assist and he looked a whole lot more confident there. You know, he's covering a lot more of the field. And if we can see him like making these making his amazing last minute runs into the box, I feel like we're going to see problems because I don't know if you guys, are, I don't know if you guys watch us much, but I feel like his runs are really, really good, but they sometimes go unnoticed. But I feel like if we try to actually adapt to the way T-Shirt plays and actually find him, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be doing very very well in the prem. 
Um, Tobes, you're somebody who it's hard to stop you from having an opinion. Um, and you've been pretty vocal on, on the Discord recently. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, early Chelsea under Thomas Tickle? I'll stop saying his name, man. Um, <laughs> mid, mid, literally, all I see is mid people. That's 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 literally it. And I see mid people and I see mid performances. So um, <laughs> the only saving grace I'll give them is they they do have like a star-studded squad, and they do have a manager who who normally gets the best out of his attackers. So you expect that there's more to come from Chelsea this season. But whether it's going to be enough. To get them top four, top four status at come come May or June or whenever the season ends is is a mystery to me. But on the surface, they're getting the results. Uh, I think it's what like three, what is it, three clean sheets in his first four games as well. So yep, yep, you, you know it, you, you know it. One of them was against you. Don't, don't forget that. You're fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to forget, but I'm also going to remember that you've played like three of the out of the four teams you played, two of them are in the bottom four teams in the league. Another one can't can't score to save their lives, and another one, my team are literally in the worst form we've been since since Kane and Son got injured um, mm. last season. Mm. I mean, I mean, you, you say that, but I remember your game against Burnley. You guys could only score one goal, so you know. What, what hey, game? look, you you, you guys game against Burnley this season. You guys yeah. only scored one goal. I remember that game, yeah. and it was and it was a terrible yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, my yeah. brother, my yeah. brother, my brother. What, I, I, I think that's I think that's supporting Tobes's point. Yeah. No, but, but weren't they saying top number title challenges at one point? Not me. Maybe they were, but I wasn't. So, I, and I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure those same those same people that are saying Spurs were title challenges were also saying that Chelsea were title challenges as well. So it works both ways. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like it's easy. I feel like it's easy to throw stones right now when you're when you're when you're in a, a bit of winning form. Don't forget you prior to prior to the last two weeks, you were you couldn't win to save your lives. Like brother, no, 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 no. One sec, one sec. <laughs> you lost what is it like you lost like I can't remember how many games you lost Premier League, lost 10 Premier League matches, you lost like five or six games, and now you you don't want to puff out your chest because you beat Burnley. Yeah, us in our in our, our worst in Sheffield United. Really? I, can't, I can't lie, you know, it's, it's it's kind of rich coming from you guys talking spicy already. You know, it's like ridiculous. you basically the reason I, t- I still got a job. Like, Brothers, like, it's now. ridiculous. Right now, are you attempting to shame a shameless man? <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm not that's attempting. What's just, happening? Just stating with the facts. Just stating facts. Yeah, that's calling how how they see it. So obviously, uh, on the Chelsea side, you have got Babs and Ben. Everything's great for them. They're expecting Fantastic. their team to now finish in the top four. Yeah, you've got um, German Dan, myself, and Tobes. We're like, let's let's just let it load a bit. You, you played uh, some four sides. Um, this is what you usually do. Um, management will see you've got a good run coming up of uh, beatable teams. Get your new manager in. Give him an opportunity to build up the confidence of the players. Let them adapt to his systems and philosophies. So over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll see exactly what we have here with Chelsea. Because Frank had a great period as well. And as I always say, whenever I get any of you Chelsea our goons on a pod, um, listen, th- there were episodes of Chelsea Hour where you guys are, oh, okay. Like, you see, we ain't conceding. Look at us yeah. now. Lampard's Chelsea Blues, except we're proper Chelsea, all that stuff. So, you know, things happen very quickly. And we know this league is a, is a great humbler of many a player and many a manager. But uh, enough about Chelsea. We'll, we'll be keeping our eye on you guys. Don't you worry about it. And let's go on to the uh, the big game. Uh, we don't usually have a City fan on, but normally we can rely on somebody from Coppen to show their faces. Uh, today, Mush uh, messaged me very, very early in the morning. It had to be before 9am. I quite <laughs> like him. 
uh, to let me know that he's he's busy. Fair enough. He's a family man, you know. Um, I feel like he was probably uh, looking ahead and could tell it wasn't going to be a good day. Um, a couple of other members were supposed to come on, but uh, circa 6.30, they, they had something come up. So they're not around anymore. And who do you think that's because of? So we'll, we'll, between the five of us, we'll, we'll discuss what we saw today. Uh, it was an absolute drumming. So it was a 4-1 humbling by uh, Pep's Manchester City um, today. Um, let's, let's start with Manchester City. So they're top of the table now with 50 points, uh, five points clear of second place Manchester United, and they've got a game in hand. Um, how impressive were they today? Obviously, two of um, their goals came from mistakes from Alisson. Uh, we'll talk about that. But how impressive were City? And are they looking like they're good money for the title? I'll start with you, German Dan, because we haven't heard from you yet. I think, um, I'll, I'll be honest, I think in the first half, City weren't good. Um, I don't think they were their usual selves in the first half. I felt they struggled and build up a little bit. And um, I think their only real threat was Sterling in the first half. I think um, Foden had a bit of a struggle in, in the first half. Morris wasn't good. And then in the second half, they, they upped their intensity a bit. Um, and I think uh, I think the main change that kind of changed the game was um, Morris coming off and um, Bernardo Silva going going out wide, and also Sterling and Foden being able to go into the half space. And uh, they were they were very very strongly put um, pushing and pressing Liverpool um, to great effect. And uh, in that second half, um, Foden was on rule. Um, Bernardo Silva was working the socks off. He's he's always um, capable of doing good things technically, um, and he was really good. And Gunnarhan. Um, in the first half, was in the first half when he missed the penalty. Second half, he he, um, he arrived late twice with good timing to to put chances away. So, in the second half, it came together. First half, I think um, they weren't their usual selves, but they're a team that they can always, even in some, even when they when you're not impressed by them, they still somehow control parts of the game to a level that you that they always give them a chance to to kind of win the game. And I think Liverpool weren't particularly, would you say, clinical or decisive in any of their actions going forward they had a lot of the ball in the first half um dominated possession dominated probably um the better better chances or half chances in the first half but when city made small adjustments they it was it was a breeze in that second half and uh, liverpool looked completely toothless to be honest and um if you compare it to the liverpool team that we saw last year they're shed off themselves uh they're shed off themselves and it, it makes perfect sense why there's no liverpool fan on right now yeah, so obviously that their uh, injuries are well documented. You've got Van Dijk, you've got Gomez, uh, Mane uh, was back today, but he's had injuries. Uh, Fabinho was injured, but he's back today. But for the most part, they've, from, from what I've understood over the last couple of years, there were still about six odd world-class players playing today. Um, I want to shine the spotlight on another player, though. Tiago oh. Alcantara. Um, he came crazy. Yeah, he, he came to England with a huge reputation. A lot of people call him the best central midfielder in the world. Uh, I love banter and agenda as much as the next man, but uh, I want us to kind of put that to the side and let, let's talk about what he is and isn't bringing to the Liverpool team and if this is just a, a case of him perhaps struggling because uh, the, the usual deepest midfielder, Fabinho, is having to play in uh, central defence or if this league hasn't necessarily been what he expected. Uh, you love an agenda, Bab, so I'm going to skip you out and I'll come to you afterwards uh, and I'll, I'll go to you, Tobes. And ju just your thoughts on uh, Mr. Alcantara and, and on what's going on for him at the moment. Um, I feel like it's a bit of a, 
it's a bit of like a halfway house situation for him because he's obviously come into this season with big expectations and um, they gassed up. I thought, I think the main issue with Thiago was initially what we were seeing from him because Liverpool fans were so excited just by having him in the team. They were overplaying and overstating the, the most mediocre of actions that he was performing on the pitch. But I do think you can point to some games like Everton away when he played the full, well, played the full 90 minutes before he got injured. And that was a very, very good Thiago performance. I felt like his use of the ball, him, where he was able to pick up the ball as well, and just his off-the-ball tenacity as well. I felt like that was a really, really good performance from him. And I think the issue with Thiago is, one, we've not really seen that level of performance to a consistent standard this season. And two, I feel like the role that he's been playing for Liverpool over the past couple of weeks is just keeps changing. One week he's having to play as the deepest midfielder, having to sort of screen the back four and try and um, put out fires. And then the next week he's sort of pushed further up the field and then he's tasked with trying to link up with his fellow midfielders and then um, put those balls into, into, the, into the final third for the attackers as well. So I feel like he's having to try and find himself in a very, very bad moment for Liverpool. But that shouldn't really excuse from the fact that his general level, his general, the, the things that he does well, we're not seeing it enough. Um, you, you, you associate Thiago with the guy who's always willing to play those riskier passes into the final third. And I don't think we've seen that enough from Thiago, certainly in, in, in recent weeks. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Babs, you, you look eager, you're, sh you're shifting in your seat. So it would be remiss of me not to give you an opportunity to speak your mind. Um, what are your thoughts about, uh, not necessarily just Thiago, um, but this current iteration of, of Liverpool, and, and like you and Ben mentioned, the fact that you guys are creeping up on them very, very uh, quickly. Mm, yeah, you see, the thing with Thiago, I think for me, is, is similar to what um, Topless Terms just said. The fact that Thiago is con is continually changing his position so much, it makes it a lot harder. And without having that deep player there in the in the six to actually control play, it, what what ends up happening is Thiago has to come deeper to collect the ball. And when he has to come to keep keeper to collect the ball, you've got players like Wijnaldum in, in more advanced areas. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't want a player like Wijnaldum, you know, trying to actually create chances. So yeah, because when, when you watch it, when you watch a Thiago, right, what you what you what you love to see from it is the long balls and the quickening of play. Like he increases the speed of play, and that's what Liverpool like normally like enjoy in terms of like their fast build up, you know, their enjoyment play like that. But we haven't seen that so far, and I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know why it's because of, is it because of injury, if it's because he's not, you know, good enough for the prem at this at this current moment in his career, you know, maybe his legs are gone. I, I don't know. Like I feel like we, there's a lot to come from Thiago. You know, I feel like he's the top player. I do feel like I'm not sure if he was if he was the perfect player for Liverpool, you know, at this stage of his career. But yeah, I do feel like there's a there's a lot of worries for Liverpool because. With Fabinho and Henderson in, in the midfield, in the defense, what ends up happening is there's nobody there in that uh, midfield, in that midfield trio, other than Thiago to come and collect the ball. And when Thiago comes to collect the ball, there's nobody actually there um, in, in more advanced space, like advanced spaces. Like the most um, similar, the most similar comparison I can think of is like a Paul Pogba before Bruno came. You know, we we always see, see Pogba having to do all the roles of midfield. You know, he has to come, he has to come and collect the ball from the centre backs. You know, he has to come and make things happen in the, in the final third. And I feel like without that other midfielder in there for Thiago to support him, he's going to struggle. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, German Dan, obviously, uh, you, you watched him in the Bundesliga. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this has always kind of been something that's been levelled at Thiago in terms of 
his 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 play. We know how talented he is. We know how technically gifted he is. Um, but th there's a part of him where he's not as forceful as you perhaps would want a player of his ability to be. And I definitely agree with you in terms of that the structural issues that do make things difficult for him, Babs. But um, and this is why probably other members of Touchline like Disu, etc., have more um, patience for big players like Paul Pogba. Like, when you're the best player, you have to take that responsibility. That's what comes with it. You're paid as the best player, uh, and you have the status as the best player. So looking around to inferior players to solve problems in your midfield, it's not really going to crack it. But German Dan, obviously someone who saw him in Germany too, uh, I'd be yeah. interested to hear your thoughts. I think I think um so when when Thiago first joined I think I think people have a bit of a misconception of how much of an influence he actually had of at Bayern Munich being successful, um in the league I don't think his influence was ever strong um at Bayern being successful he um he never plays more than twenty five league games really so um and Bayern Munich are stacked they're just by far and away the best team in the Bundesliga there's no denying Thiago's talent he's um I mean he's near enough technically perfect um i think where he was um um showing great influence was in that champions league run last year um so he, he remained fit for all the games and um yeah he was really good him and Kimmich had a very good partnership him and Goretzka had a very good partnership so and he was dominating games but he was he was the deepest he was the guy picking up the ball spraying and um and and controlling the tempo of the play and i think where there's might there might be some discrepancies um the way liverpool generally play their tempo of play is different to the way thiago has played at bayern munich um and probably also at barcelona i just generally think that liverpool as you as you mentioned babs is about speed of play the best teams play very fast and um play very quickly and thiago used to be the one person that dictates that at Bayern Munich, whereas at Liverpool, this speed of play is increased by Trent. The speed of play is increased by Robertson. So he's not the sole controller of tempo. And he wasn't the sole controller at Bayern Munich, but he was he was the main one. Whereas at Liverpool, I don't think he is. I think um, the centre-backs a lot of times also just speed up the play. So a lot of times he gets bypassed. That midfield gets bypassed. It goes straight to the channels, goes straight to the wing. And Thiago is a very good technical player and he has good tenacity in short spaces but not over long distances. So when he's running up and down, it's is wearing on him. And when the ball then comes in midfield and you, you challenge him for the ball against big English Brexit midfielders, yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to look a bit more sticky than when you get the ball feet and uh, Kimmich and Goretzka are there to, to do the running for you. Like I think the general setup at Liverpool is a bit different to what um, suits him, actually. And um, at, at, at moments we have seen his quality. There's a couple of balls that he played again against West Ham. We just you just see this technical quality. Yeah, couple of idea balls. I mean, he plays a lot of idea balls actually. You know, like the balls where it's just like, I know someone's got to be there. Like Bayern Munich are uh, a team that, based on, kind of the spacing is always people are always in certain spaces. Um, with Liverpool, I, I don't quite know if it's the same, but um, he will just touch it. Do do a fancy little touch and then just spin it into the <laughs> to the right right far space and no one is there, but. I think the chemistry is not quite there yet. I think I have no doubt of his talent, but um, the way the Liverpool play, I'm not quite sure it really suits him. This up and down thing, he's looking kind of brazy at times. Mm, I think that a lot of his passes are those nice boss, senior one, that those kind of passes. Um, but we spoke <laughs> spoken quite... on him. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch, senior one. But um, we've spoken about um, Liverpool quite a bit, but Ben, I'd like to get your thoughts on Manchester City. And I'll put my hands up. Earlier in the season, I really wasn't 
uh, so impressed by them. And, you know, Pep tends to have these four or five year cycles at teams and then he, he, he's gone elsewhere. So he left Barca for Bayern and he left Bayern for City. And I thought um, after everything he'd kind of gone through last year, the death of his mother, he just didn't look as, as interested as he, as he had done in previous years. And I think also with managers who are so intense like him, there's only so long your message gets through to your players before they need to start hearing something else. So I thought City were actually coming to the end of their cycle, but then he went and signed a five-year contract, which meant that in his mind, he was here to stay and he was going to take on that challenge of rebuilding the team. And all credit to City, um, they, they've built a formidable side. Uh, we're 22 games in, they've only conceded uh, 14 goals. They're still the third highest scorers in the league with 43 goals. And, and we're only above them because we, we banged nine goals past um, Southampton. Um, how good are this City team? The Aguero's still to return. Uh, KDB's out and they don't look like they've missed a beat. But how much credit should we be giving them? And, and how good are this City side that we're watching, Ben? To be honest, I think Pep deserves loads of credit, not only just because of obviously everything they've had to deal with, but even in terms of the fact that he's um, he's very much a perfectionist. But I think in the last few years, especially, and particularly this year, he's like learned how to manage situations until they're perfect, if that makes sense. So Pep before was going straight in, turning these teams into like wonderful teams, I guess, or whatever. And if things start to go wrong, he loses his head. And once, once Pep loses his head, there's pretty much nothing you can do from there. He, he kind of, obviously he leaves and then goes somewhere else. But I think what he's done that's particularly different this time is he's kind of managed the situation. He's kind of, I guess, calmed himself down, if you want to say it like that. Because he you can see with Pep, he's very much a perfectionist. Even times when he's talking to himself. So even this little like rebrand that they've done into being more solid defensively and thinking, you don't always have to go and smash a team 5-0. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And he, I think he knows he hasn't got the parts to play the football that he would want to play in an ideal world. Because I think their team is a lot less formidable than it used to be. If you look at the fact of when they had that front six at one point was ridiculous. So Fernandinho sitting, KDB and Silva, Sterling and Sane, and then Aguero. And even Jesus at the time was a lot more useful, I guess, than he like pre-injury. So you'd think, if you look at that team then, compared to now, who are you really worried about? I, I always think to myself, Sterling and KDB are their main men. Everyone else is more of a system type of player. Of course, have their own individual abilities, but they're more system players. But he's definitely adapted in terms of thinking, yeah, we don't always have to thrash teams. Let's just manage this. Let's manage the situation. And then maybe in the summer or in the next window or the next window after that, we can rebuild. Because I think rebuilding is what he wants to do. But the problem was before, he didn't know how to kind of manage the situation between teams. Whereas now he's he's very much improved that. So, yeah, props to him. Yeah, I mean, um, he does benefit from the fact that uh, this is a season unlike any other. Um, the fact that we've played 22, 23 games and there's actually only one team that has hit the 50-point mark. Uh, says a lot in comparison to where we've been the last two, three, four, four years. But somebody's had to take advantage of that and, and he's grabbed the ball uh, by both horns. Um, so moving on from, from that um, debacle for Liverpool, uh, we'll, we'll go on to uh, the early kickoff, Tobes. So your Spurs back, back to winning ways, uh, a 2-0 win over uh, West Brom, goals from Harry Kane and Son, your, your usual suspects. Uh, after... A poor run and especially a poor performance against Chelsea uh, midweek. Um, what did you like about what you saw today? And yeah, just just tell us where, where your head's at in terms of Spurs. Um, I'll answer the last question. Where my head's at in terms of Spurs, there's still very much quite a lot to play for. We're still in a cup final, which I 
don't think we're going to win, but hey ho, it's a 50 50 chance, maybe. Um, <laughs> we're still in the Europa. Yeah, I'm interested. How did you get to 50 50 there? The, the maths behind that was quite interesting. It's the cup final, isn't it? Anything can happen. That's that's mm. that's that's that, that's, that's your that's your maths, okay. The math ain't mapping, but Bro, the I, put out, not no, I, put the, I put out the screen. I don't think we're gonna win, but it's a cup yeah. final. Isn't it? So like, yeah, there yeah. is a, there is a small chance you can you can do it, isn't it? It's eighty twenty in my eyes, but continue. Whatever it is, there's there's a chance that we can win. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're still in the Europa League as well, and I know that we've been in pretty dismal form as of late, but like top four is not completely. Challenging for top four is not completely out of the question for me when there's like, what, like eight, 17, 18 games left to play for as well in this weird season. We've seen teams go up and down, but um, on today's performance, um, I do think, I, I was happy to see that performance. We had to play like that. Like we had to, we had to come out, create chances, play on the front foot, play over high line and um, literally just put, as much pressure as we could on the worst, I mean, the second worst team in the league. Like, um, I was actually expecting us to concede a goal today. I just don't trust our defence to keep clean sheets this, uh, these days. So I was pleasantly shocked that we kept a clean sheet, even though we did our very best not to at the end of the first half of that header. But nothing changes for me um, today. Like, beating West Brom is not going to make me think that this team are all of a sudden, oh, yeah, back, back to it. Um, the manager needs to go. I've been very vocal about that from the day that he got the job. The manager needs to go. Right. Uh, so before you even started, you wanted him out. Yeah. I respect it. Um, interest. So a question on 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 the back of that. Um, do you have a manager in mind to replace him, or is your thing that his his influence is so toxic that he just needs to go? Remember, I've had him as my manager. Uh, Babs and Ben have too. So we know what it's like when Mourinho ball goes sour. Um, do you just want him out and you don't have anyone in mind or is there someone in mind you have to come in? I, I, it's a former. I just want him out. Like I thought, I thought um, I was, I was weighing up the options um, after the Chelsea game thinking like, who can we actually get in right now? Can we afford to sack him, et cetera, et cetera. But then my friends were talking to me and it just sort of like, I just snapped. I said, just get him out. Like literally just get him out of here because there's still something, there's still um, a season here for us that we can salvage. And I feel like, with him, I don't, with him, it's not it's not going to end positively for us as well. So, I, I just, mean, you 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 question him, but you are four points off of fourth with a game in hand. Yeah, it's still it's still there to play for, but I just don't think under his stewardship. Under his stewardship, yes, but I just look at the way we play week in week out against any against any reasonable side, and I don't I don't like it, bro. I don't like it. Like, and as I said, beating beating West Brom today, like it, we were expected to beat West Brom. We were expected to create chances against West Brom. Like, and we had Harry Kane back in the team as well. So that's not going to impress me. Like, it's a good result. I'm happy we kept a clean sheet. I'm happy both scored. But grand scheme of things, he's not the guy for us. So whether we do it now, whether we do it at the end of the season, my ultimate, my um, overarching point is he has to go. Has to go. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. 
And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Listen, yeah. Long may he reign. Yeah. <laughs> Long may he reign. Because cool. we've suffered. Yeah, Mariah has suffered. You guys are supposed to suffer as well. Mm-hmm. Babs, you had a question for uh, Tobes in regards to management of the Spurs side. Uh, the floor mm-hmm. is yours, sir. So my question more so is, um, do you believe that Spurs are in a place where they need an experience higher again? So like an Allegri maybe, or do you think it's going to be a breath, a fresh, a breath of fresh air, like a Nagelsmann or maybe even a Marco Rose from a Mojang Gladbach? Because be. I, yeah, because I do think that you guys, if you guys were serious, you would go for a Nagelsmann now, only because I feel like a lot of clubs are going to want to be circling towards the end of the season. But, I, but can are we in a position to go and snap someone like a Nagelsmann? Can we? Not attainable. Uh, exactly. That's this is what I'm saying. Like for me, it boils down to who can we get. For me, Nagelsmann is not a realistic option because I, why would he want to come to us? I feel like he will have his pick of better clubs um, over the months, over the months or possibly years to come. And it's more a case of how um, who else do we have available? Um, I just feel, I just feel like we. We back. We Levy sold his soul for short-term success. Um, it's not just Jose Mourinho. There's several parts of, of the team that are degrading and need to be need to be um, rooted out of this squad. Um, but even some of those players, they came and they did a decent job today. But long-term, Jose Mourinho needs to go, and some of those players, some of those players that are holding us down in this team, they need to go as well. So. Um, for me, it needs to be one of these sort of fresh ideas type managers who play on the front foot and are good at squeezing every bit of quality out of even the worst players in the squad because that's not something that this manager can do. And unfortunately, it's something he's going to have to do with the squad he's got at the moment. Is it going to be players like Bell that are going to have to leave? He's crap. So oh, he's, what question? he's finished. Um, he's on loan anyway. Do you say it again? He's finished. Like, <laughs> I had optimism for Gareth Bale, but I'm not. I'm not a fool. I have eyes. I've seen what's unfolded over the last like six to seven months. Gareth Bale's completely fried. So, That's a W to me. That's a W to me. Just yeah, street, the streets are saying 260 <laughs> bags to play That's top a golf. W to me. Yeah, yeah. literally 260k a week to to play top, play top golf, golf yeah. man. I, I agree. <laughs> no Sorry, man. Because yeah. I, I was um I had this conversation earlier with um with some of the Tottenham lads on the Discord, and I felt that if you guys were serious, you guys need to look into the loan market. And if you were to actually look at Madrid, an Odegaard, I felt would have been perfect for you guys. Because since, because since Ericsson dropped off four, I felt like you guys missed that 10. And if you had a good 10 to supply Kane and, and supply Son, I feel like that would have alleviated a lot of the creativity issues that you guys have in terms of centering your player around Kane. And I do think that for Spurs, maybe next season, you guys don't have to look into the loan market because I know you guys don't really like spending money. And even then, if you do that well, that's going to allow, you know, man like Ndombele, you know, if he's getting his 60 minutes in, you know, there's another half an hour for somebody else to come in and play. They'll be able to help. You know, they'll be able to help. Whatever, man. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, and then Vila plays 10, though. So yeah, but that's a sta- You know what Mourinho's like, man? That's a standard casualty of Mourinho, creativity. He's dual creative players are going to be out. If you give you... Mourinho's like Conte, yeah? You see with Ericsson at the moment at Inter. If they, if your team is lacking creativity and the... um, What are those people... The, um, sorry. 
the journalists, yeah, they're asking, why is this person not playing? Why is this person not playing? Mourinho is going to deliberately not play that person just to get back at them. So, like, Lo Celso is sitting on your bench. Uber creative player. Um, is Uber? Is... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't say not creative. Lo Celso is, is a very creative player. He's not creative. He's not a high chance creator like that. No, he's not. He's not. I didn't say he was a he was a chance creator per se. Uber creative. He said uber creative. Listen, listen, listen. Guys, guys, guys. Ben, Babs, good guys, good lads. Coming through a lot of energy, but you know, you know how it goes. You come here, you chat shit. You come here, let me finish, Ben. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm you. You come here, you chat shit, you'll get panned. So you described him as uber creative. That's a bare face lie, in fact. Let me explain this. Yeah, yeah, please. Not necessarily a chance creator, but someone that's going to very much help you, especially in build up. So, I think what you guys are talking about more is tens, right? I don't, the, um, the 10 is not ever, obviously, let's also had a good spells there, right? But it's not ever been his, I guess, best position for me. I want to see him more as like a, almost like, almost kind of like how Fabregas was in the team we won the league with. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not comparing his. Fabregas was very creative. Yeah, I I'm, not, I'm not necessarily comparing his to Fabregas, but I'm, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that Fabregas, of course, is was a creative man in that team from deep, especially. But he wasn't the only guy. We still had Hazard, and we we still had the ghost of Oscar running about as well, doing a lot of stuff. What I'm trying to um, um, say basically is that he can be a creative part in the system, in the in the machine. If that makes that's sense, that's fair. That's fair yeah. enough. So, if it was you, if you were setting up their midfield, would it be uh, would it be a double pivot with um, Ndombele in the 10, would you switch to a three? How is exactly that? Personally, but but both can work, especially if they interchange. It's that this, especially like the way teams float at the moment, especially floating, floating a lot, like bamboos with your position. So maybe a 4 2 3 1, and they kind of switch because both of them like to spend time deep and spend, like, spend time up the pitch, or you could just go with a three and just have one sitter with those two. I just think, I just feel, I just feel like with Lacelso's best perp, Lacelso's best qualities are suited to us playing a free. Uh, a free man midfield, four three three, as opposed to a double pivot and then a ten. I don't like German Dan. He said it, and I think it's quite obvious to see when you watch the Celtic play. He's not a high volume chance creator. He's not even a reasonable chance creator. He's he's someone who can help with our creativity, but he is not a playmaker. We we Ericsson fell off the fell off the the bandwagon and um, got sold last January, and since then there's been a big hole in terms of goals and assists and just genuine um, creativity in this team outside of Ndombele and Harry Kane that we've not addressed. And I feel like that's something that we definitely need to address this summer, irrespective of whether Jose Mourinho um, stays or not as well. But yes, Lo Celso for sure, if he came back into this team, ideally we want him and Ndombele um, playing in the team with Hoibia sat uh, behind them. Cool. So you feel like Jose is not getting the best out of the personnel you you, you have uh, to hand, and his football doesn't help either. I think yeah. a lot of the pressure comes on to Kane and Son, um, and this is why other players, younger players like a Marshall Rashford, have struggled because he really needs his players to be in their prime um, and basically just going out there and doing what they need to do with uh, as, as little input from him in, in that regard as possible. But that, that's enough on the white side of uh, North London. German Dan, I've tried to hold off as long as I could, brother. But, I mean, we, we know why you're here. Uh, German Dan of Touchy Gunas. Um, listen, man, another bad result for, for your guys. You're 10th in the table, 23 games, 9 wins, 4 draws, 10 losses, 27 goals scored, 23 goals conceded, 31 points. Uh, you've, you've gone ahead and lost yesterday against Aston Villa. Um, talk us through your, your thoughts on the performance. 
I think um, the first half half hour, first 20 minutes were very, very poor. Um, so I think the way we approached that game or started that game was relatively poor and that I expected a reaction um, from the Wolves game because I think we were decent in that Wolves game and should have got that result and everyone knows about um, um, sort of our, our displeasure with um, the refereeing decision and I thought this team needs to show some character in, this, in, the, in, the, in, the, in these first exchanges in, the, in that first half and I just felt like they were very lethargic and uh, it was um, it was pretty representative in the in the goal that we conceded, and then um, we we exerted control, but not with any um, not with any real drive to create chances or um, openings in that first half. So it was a pretty boring first half, to be honest. Uh, and wolves are wolves are terrible, to be honest. And then um, that second half, um, uh, not Aston. I'm saying yeah, wolves. Yeah, I'm saying Aston in the Aston Villa game. And that second half, I felt. We um we 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 played better, so um we played much better in the second half. And I was actually surprised by the changes that Alteta made. Obviously, I didn't like the William sub, and I'll get onto that a bit later. But I was surprised with his um with his sub for um Aubameyang coming on and Cedric coming off, and then um keeping Saka on the pitch and keep moving him to left back. I was surprised that he was willing to put another attacker on. And um and then he put Odegaard on as well. So I was kind of I was kind of encouraged by the subs and the football that we tried to play. Um, granted, we still lacked the finishing what we touch. That idea ball, yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, something like that. Um, close, close enough. I don't think. I think the ideas are there. They're loading up, but they're not fully there. So I wouldn't even call it fully idea ball yet. But um. So yeah, that that was that was encouraging for me. Then I didn't like the Williams sub. I think that Williams sub killed our momentum. Um, I think we would have got something, maybe a goal at least in the half, if we'd have been able to um, um, sub party for maybe Sabias. Just be because that the element of um, recycling possession in midfield, I, I view as a very important thing, and um, just getting the ball into positions um, or the ball to players in positions where they can affect the game. And if they can't, then we go again kind of thing. And that element was missing as soon as Partey come off. And um, yeah, we struggled to really put um, put um, put, um, put them in a spliff or put a chokehold on them. And um, they started breaking away more often on us. Um, all of a sudden, they, were start, they started being in the game. Um, I didn't see Grealish for 60, 70 minutes, really, apart from kicking Saka all game. And then when, when, when William came on, he started, he started hooping. He started, he started, he started getting all, all the post moves out, uh, started enjoying his football, you know. It was, um, <laughs> it was actually quite disgusting, but <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, go on, keep going. I've got some questions, I'll keep going. So yeah, that 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 was a sub that I think killed the momentum. If he wanted to go with an attacker, I think he should have brought on Martinelli for the energy. Um, William lacks the quality on the ball um, to create chances for us, and he lacks the quality um, of affecting or making the opposition wary of him. So I think a big quality in football is always um, stretching the opposition. Does William stretch the opposition with his movement? No, he doesn't move. Does he stretch the opposition with his passing? No, he doesn't attempt the right passes, and when he attempts them, the execution is lacking. So ultimately, he his his purpose is there is no purpose in him. There's no purpose in bringing this guy on, and um, I think it stifled our momentum. And we were on a good course to potentially get a goal. Um, so that that was disappointing. In general, on on the whole season, I mean, you know the vibes, man. We we're just here surviving right now. That's that's all. I'm sorry. Can I just say quickly? It's just so nice to hear you. Just being just deflated by William. It's it's beautiful for me because we said for years that this man is a he's a bona fide scrub. 
We told you guys for years. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's you guys? Because I ain't spoke to you before, my my guy. All of you. All of you, we told you that for years. Everyone used to say to Chelsea fans, yeah, it's not that deep. You lot are stretching, you lot are stretching. Oh, thank God. I, I, like, the guy is so frustrated. Even when I watch him for Arsenal, who are ops, I'm frustrated. The guy has an MSC in letting the devil use him. It's not an ability thing with him. He just, look, his application is just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> honestly. I would say, though, that like most of the people in the touchline um, group are quite um, knowledgeable football, football fans. And you'd be hard pressed to find anyone yeah, right. who has bigged up Willian over the years. I feel like every single person keeps the same energy with Willian. He, yeah, no, no, I'm just I remember Lewis off that Fulham game. I remember Lewis off that football game. No, Lewis is Lewis, is Lewis is is shameless. Like he would just ring off some of these weird these weird shots just for the sake of ringing them off. But I feel like he knew deep down this guy's been a scrub at Chelsea for years. He's like like Ben said, he's been a glorified right back that's that chips him with a couple goals at Chelsea because he was part of the the winning DNA. It lets the the general public believe that he's a good player when he when when he really isn't. But on Arsenal anyway, Dan. Um, I just found it funny because over the cu- last couple of days on Discord, um, you, Stabs, <laughs> Dan Coogs, you lot were all giving me energy. Dan even had the audacity to, to bet me £50 that Arsenal are going to finish above Spurs. All of this, it, we, we come in, blah, blah, blah. And now what? That's two losses back to back now. And we saw your, 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 your run of form. So I just want to say... What is your what are your expectations over the next couple of weeks? Because we know you play Leicester, City, etc., and you've got us coming up soon as well. So I just wanted to ask that question. My expectation, and I'm putting this on the manager. Every football game we go into, I expect us to win. It's that simple. There's no football game thinking draw, loss. If it's if it's not a win, I'm not happy. It's that simple. Is that realistic? It's not realistic, but I'm gonna go with that. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I think the expectation to, to answer the question um, pro- like properly, I think the expectation is just got to be we got to try and pick up as many points as we can um, because at this moment in time, it doesn't look good. The two losses, especially, we were in good momentum. Villa and um, Wolves, they were very winnable games. Um, so it's, it's, it's very poor that we haven't won them. And I think it would have put us at 37 points. And Mariah earlier quote with Everton being at 37 points, being still in the run for European places. And not winning those games potentially has put us out of this, out of this. But because the season is so unpredictable, you really can't say what's going to happen. I mean, we could we could go on a um, losing run again for a couple of games. Um, Spurs could pick up um, a couple of wins on the row. Um, Chelsea could start picking up wins on the row, and they could all start losing, and we could start winning. It's very difficult to predict at the moment. And even the Leicester, um, even Leicester, I think we got Leicester next, or maybe the one after. No, we got Leeds next, then Leicester. And I was look, I was watching Leicester today against Wolves, and they weren't, they didn't look good. It's one of the ones where we could beat them, but they could beat us as well. So this league is is tough for me to say. My expectation is still a minimum play, a minimum European place. I mean, I can't, I can't say, yeah, I'm fine with finishing tenth or eighth. Impossible. Yeah, we have to get for, the, we have to fight for the maximum points, and that should put us in, um, in a European place. Okay. Uh... Seems like Babs has a question for you, um, Dan. So, yeah, Babs, again, the, the floor is yours. You're asking a lot of questions this evening. Yeah, so I feel like one of the themes with um, a lot of these young managers have been um, over-reliance on young players and running them into the ground. And I feel like with Arteta, 
um, I feel like he's running a risk with um, two players in terms of Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka. In terms of running into the ground, you know, not managing them well enough. And I do, I do worry because I do know Smith-Rowe has quite a bit of a worry in him injury record from the past. So how do you think um, Arteta's actually managed his squad in terms of properly rotating and actually allowing players good and adequate amounts of rest? I think you can, I, I'd view this in two, two, two halves. So the first half of the season, it was a horrible management of the spot of the squad and horrible management of the resources available to him. Um, and that is the reason why we are so far away from, from the European places and the top four race in general. This has been a season where it was very, very much um, open getting top four. And if you're just capable enough and sticking around those places, you have a good chance. So first half of the season, the utilisation of the squad horrible, not only just in relying on uh, over-reliance on certain players, but in general, um, utilisation of the squad has been poor. And then the last eight games, I think it's been a bit better. Um, still very, very um, strong um, reliance on Saka. Um, strong reliance on Tierney as well, who's now injured. We don't know when he's coming back. It's quite obvious that he's played too many games. And, and I, I feel like it's pneumonia, you know? <laughs> I mean, since he posted that picture in the snow, we, we ain't seen him. We ain't seen him. He's he's a Scottish man. That's that's how I, I used to work with a Scot, and um, it, it would be it would be cold in winter and it'd be uh, snowing and be raining. He would come in shorts and a t-shirt. This this is how these men roll, you know. So yeah. I think I think if you are, it's probably it's probably some sort of um some sort of muscle injury because he's just played too many fucking games. But yeah, I think um his utilization of. Of um of, of the players has not been good um and managing their loads especially with games coming every three days, I think a lot of these managers are very selfish, and I get it in a way because your job is on the line kind of thing so you have to put the best team out, but um I think we have options and he should have he could have found these options or utilized these options. Yeah, Thomas, I don't think you mentioned him. Thomas Party, another one who had like three or four injuries at, at this. He's point. been rushed back. Yeah, after coming. Yeah, because yeah, interesting because even in those previous games, Arsenal fans were saying he doesn't look quite right, um, doesn't look his usual self, um, and now he's got another injury, so it doesn't really benefit you to not have him available. Um, you've seen uh, Willett go on on loan to Newcastle, grabbed himself a goal. Um, Making eight. Hard. Obviously, you're going you're going to expect him to 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 come into the team more yeah, as yeah. as the weeks go on. Um, yeah, you, you guys are just in the mud, to be honest. I think I, I was going there with a question, but. I just stopped because, like, what's the point, man? You guys are just dusted, really. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just here for the blood of my enemies. You, you see yeah, I respect that, man. I, I, what I don't respect is Lewis doing all the talking, being here last week when the going was good, the, the minute the going gets tough, sending you here, no trim. Sending you here, no trim at all. Um, hey, bro, don't do me like that. You know I usually get them on the regular. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I know that. That's not your fault. That's a lockdown. And I appreciate you for uh, adhering to the lockdown rules. As well, which not everybody has done. Uh, nice trim, uh, Ben. Um, so, uh, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, this is not a <laughs> Lewis, um, Lewis disappearing. It's shameful of him. I, I'll pull him up on it on the Discord during the week. You know how it goes. Um, and no, Babs, we have not spoken about Manchester United because obviously I was going to go last, which is <laughs> um, but thank you for that. Let's make sure you don't forget, bro. Why would I? <laughs> Why would I? As you can see, that I, I tend to be the, the, the Manchester United representative most weeks. Um, so our game, so three-three draw against Everton. You you were all there on the Discord. Yeah, we um, were. Particularly painful, um, just because of the nature of the game and how it played out. So so let's get into it. Um, I think the first forty minutes were really good. The best forty minutes in the first half that we've had all season because 
I'm sure you all know, we tend to go down a goal and then from there decide to start playing. So uh, we had Pogba as our six. He was uh, dictating play really well. Uh, they started with a diamond in midfield, so he was finding players in wide positions. Luke Shaw was a particular favourite, found Greenwood, found Wan-Bissaka at times, and, and we were comfortable. He was able to engage physically with their midfielders, getting into it with Decore, Andre Gomez, um, James Rodriguez, and we were very, very comfortable uh, for me. Um, then he goes down injured. Uh, he played nine games in January, and he, he, was, he was rested in midweek for the 9-0 win against Southampton. So I guess he was in the red zone or, or Ollie was weary of perhaps him him breaking down. Um, he's gone off injured and his replacements come on Fred, an absolute bona fide scrub. Um, a horrible, horrible player who I just don't know what he actually does on the football pitch. So um, I've maintained all season that he tends to thrive in chaos. And that that is what, that's what we had. So uh, we come in um, for the second half and immediately goes 2-1. Uh, horrible goalkeeping by David De Gea. I mean, Ben, Babs, your team benefited from his goalkeeping last season in the FA Cup semi-final. Tobes and, um, Tobes and German Dan, at some point your teams must have benefited from this wash De Gea. So um, he's, he's given them a goal. Um, that's fine. Well, not fine, but it's always about how do you respond to that? So after we've conceded that goal, we don't have the control in the midfield. So the game's immediately slipped out of our hands. Our players are rattled. When the players are rattled, um, what, what he's definitely done a lot of uh, in the last month or so, Pogba, has kind of taken the lead. So he gets on the ball, he relieves pressure, he'll invite players on, just pop it off, pop it off, giving guys time and space, progressing the ball up the pitch. So you lose Pogba, and then the player that comes in to do that role is now Fred. You're, he's not control. He's not controlling it. We're not retaining possession. It's just going up to them. It's coming back. Guys are running past him like he's a checkpoint. Um, and it's, it's a complete mess, essentially. So James, who should be his man and who was very quiet in the first half, um, grabs a goal to make it 2-2. Um, I still, and you know, you guys were there, the Discord went wild, but I was still pretty confident that we'd grab a goal just because in terms of our attacking players, that's probably one of the most cohesive performances that they'd had all season. Rashford was taking guys off the dribble. He created the first goal for Cavani, um, who for, for, for the first time this season, one chance, one goal. Um, Greenwood was actually showing other facets of his skill set. Uh, where I think he struggled this season is um, he's always looked to get in on the half turn on his left foot, and that's made him very easy, very easy to defend against. Uh, this game, he was coming inside sometimes. He was popping up on the left. He was running off the ball. He actually um, showed his one-on-one -on -one ability, beat a couple of players got into the box, didn't take the chance as well as somebody of his finishing ability usually would. But I think when he adds that variety to his game wide, it just makes the forward line much more difficult to deal with because the way he usually plays just means uh, the left side of their defence, so their left back and their left centre-back, are just kind of able just to maintain their positions and they know nothing is coming down the right-hand side. Wan-Bissaka is not going to be a threat, so they're not getting stretched. And we're very heavily... Um, focus on our, le our left-hand side. So that's Luke Shaw, Pogba enters those spaces, uh, Marcus Rashford and Martial when, when he plays. But um, on Saturday, it wasn't like that. Players were moving, dropping into positions, linking up. So I was confident that we'd score again. Uh, we did get a goal from a free kick. Scott McTominay, uh, very, very poor keeping uh, there from um, Everton's keeper. But you listen, man, uh, we, we deserve one after what DDG did. Um, and then... <clears throat> 
again, we just struggled to slow the game down. There's game management, there's midfield play where now you just want the game to become boring, a bit like Chelsea's game against Sheffield United earlier. You don't want anything to really be going on. You just want the tempo to really slow down, put your foot on it. But now you've got a midfield of Fred, Scott McTominay and Bruno Fernandes. Who of that trio is going to be the player to, to take the hey, reins? <laughs> Who of this Christ? Do the triangle when it comes to keeping the ball. Bruno, Bruno killed me because I feel like outside his goal, he didn't do anything. Like he scored a wonder goal, amazing goal. I can't remember anything else. Uh, Mariah, that's um, fair. He shouted at he shouted at the ref a bit. And he said, <laughs> <laughs> his credit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has five common boys uh, for 90s. Um, <laughs> so um, so that's that's the midfield three we have. So we didn't have any control. There, um, he's then decided to bring on Tuanzebe in stoppage time. Um, for whatever reason, I'm not sure. Tuanzebe barely plays, but when he tends to use him, he, he drops him in the deep end. Tuanzebe uh, overexcitedly concedes a silly, silly free kick. Cool. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two, Harry Maguire then decides to play all the Everton players on side. Cool. And then mistake number three is DDG stays rooted to his spot. His, even in his best days, his issue was always the fact that he wasn't ever dominant enough in the air and he wouldn't ever come and claim the ball and take the pressure off um, the defenders. Um, we saw that last season against Southampton. We've seen that throughout throughout the years. And again, that was another scenario. We saw it against Leipzig, where he kind of refu he refuses to engage, refuses to take any damage. Sometimes you get there, you get studied by the striker, and nine 99 times out of 100, the ref is going to give the decision to the keeper. Keepers always get the decision when a clash is made between an outfield player and a keeper. He decides not to do that, and it's a relatively simple finish for Calvert-Lewin. He hits his stomach area, um, and then he just kind of slots it in. And literally um, five seconds later, the game ends. So um, that, that for us was a gut punch after uh, the disappointing uh, loss to Sheffield United as well. So we've kind of, where we've taken ourselves from, to some people, title race. Obviously, I didn't ever believe that. And that, that's on wax tabs before you start asking me stupid questions. Um, <laughs> um, we've taken ourselves from um, title challenges to we're very much in this top four scrap with the rest of the uh, with the rest of the top um, nine teams, um, it seems. Um, a lot of people will say, you know, he's done well. But like I was saying to you guys before the uh, pod started, for me, like when I want to judge a team's progression, I'll much more look at point accumulation rather than simply where are you in the league. This is a season that's been unlike any other. I think we've all said, uh, bar German Dan, our teams have had uh, a period where we've been poor, like a sustained two, three, four-week period where we picked up four results. But despite that, we're all still very much in the hunt for European football. In a normal season, the top four or five teams have already have distanced themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, would have already have distanced themselves. And um, they 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 wouldn't be within a, a touch of of getting that Champions League place. But with the way things are now, that's 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 where we are. We played twenty three games. That's maximum sixty nine points, uh, and we haven't hit fifty points yet. I think this is roughly. I may be wrong by a few points, but this is roughly the amount of points we had after twenty three uh, games last season, and we were we were in sixth place. So that just gives you an idea of. The, the scope and it gives you a bit more understanding of how well he actually is doing. Um, that's on Oli. The mistake of DDG is not on Oli, but he has this affinity to Fred, which I just don't quite understand. 
because he doesn't really bring any quality. You bring Matic in there, say all you want about Matic's lack of mobility, but what he is, is a calming influence. He will take the ball off the centre-back, he'll give it, he'll go, and he shields the back line. Bring Van der Beek in there, even though you look for him to be doing final passes, runs off the ball, scoring goals. Again, when he plays deeper, he retains possession really well, and he makes good midfield decisions. He knows when to speed it up, he knows when to slow it down, but you can't play a player like Fred. And with Pogba going off injured now, just because of the lack of quality, the gap in mobility between him and his replacements, I see us potentially sliding down the table very, very quickly. The two results we got this week, the, the loss against Sheffield and the um, draw to Everton, have, couldn't have come at a, at a worse time. Uh, you all know you want to say something, so yeah. Yeah, Shoot. I was going to say, maybe um, Oli got, um, maybe he got sort of like hoodwinked by the performance that he saw um, from Fred in the reverse fixture at Goodison, because I actually thought in the 3-1 win that you lot had there I thought that he was he played very well and I know your your opinions on Fred generally but I feel like Fred is one of them players where like he's capable of putting in a decent performance but I don't understand why he would have been picked as the one to come on in the second half against a team like Everton who are very much a counter-attacking side um, against the better sides on the Ancelotti to to basically recycle the ball Um, I didn't understand what immediate threat he felt their midfield had. So I, I, don't, I don't think, know. I think Oli has his set subs and he just has the players he trusts and the players he doesn't trust. So his first choices are Pogba and, and Bruno. Um, but you've seen even for the sake of being solid, he, he will play Pogba wide so he can play McTominay and Fred, supposedly um, protect the back four. That's bullshit based on watching the game and based on the statistics. Um, my thing has always been with Oli. He's more a man manager. So he keeps, he makes sure everybody's happy. He gets good stuff out of the attackers and all the players respect him and like him. But in terms of the other side of the game, so the tactics matching up your mind against your opposition, that is not where he shines. So for us, we need to have individuals who solve these problems for him so they can go out and do whatever their natural game is. So in a game like that, where we were so comfortable in the first half, because we had Pogba at that six and just sitting in there controlling the game, controlling the tempo, you need to bring on whichever midfielder of yours that is going to replicate that as best as you can. Maybe that even yes. means switching from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3. So you put Matic in there, but then you drop Bruno in deeper because Matic is not the most mobile. So Bruno needs to stay, uh, be more diligent and protect him because we're not struggling for goals in that particular game. You just don't want to give them a goal and give them that inkling that they can get back into the game. Even when it went 3-2 up, the sub of Tuanzebe at that time didn't even make sense. It didn't even make sense. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Uh, did you think that sub of Tuanzebe made sense or helped him stabilise? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. In that, in that particular scenario, I want Bruno to come off and I want you to bring um, a Matic or a Van der Beek who's just going to sit in there and you're just going to control the game. It, and, and even failing that, if he made no subs, we would have been fine. We would have seen the game out. Uh, Tuanzebe's come on in a pressure situation where we're not on the ball. So he hasn't even... That's his first touch. His first touch is a foul. Doesn't even touch the ball. He, he fouls the guy. Um, it's very, very poor for Molly, man. It's, it's very, very poor. People will say, "How can you be so harsh when he, he's second in the table?" But um, for me, his ceiling as a manager is top four. Um, but that is very much dictated by how well the individuals play and how much he extra he necessarily gets out of them. I don't know. I think Bruno does what Bruno does in any team in the world. Um, Pogba's kind of found his own way back into form. Uh, the best form of his time here. I think he's been helped by Bruno being here to take the uh, 
attacking pressure, so he's been able to worry about the more fundamental part of the midfielder's role. I think Rashford's just continuing his national progression. But you look at Martial, who's struggled. Uh, I don't see anything in our systems or in his coaching or his decision-making that has shown me that he's necessarily turning a corner. Cavani's just Cavani. He's the gonna... onus is on the player to turn around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cavani's Cavani. He's going to make Gontobes. What about, like, I, I get your criticism on Oli. I do think that his... His limits as a manager um, are, are are evidently clear, but I genuinely feel like this game, De Gea is. If I'm a Man United fan, De Gea is the one that I'm looking at as the, the soul. As the, the first big... goal, yes, but for me, so much happens after the first goal. I get that. So much but... happens after the first goal. All you need to do is control the game, and Wolves have scored more goals, but we never had any control of the match after that and that was due to the personnel so if I'm a manager and I'm watching from the side and I'm seeing my midfield has no control of the game how am I just sitting there and watching this continue for the next 40 minutes the manager has to use his personnel use his tactical nows okay I've got to stem this we need to put our foots on the ball and we don't need this game to go end to end because as long as we can consistently get the ball to our attackers in the final third they can make something happen it doesn't need to be as open as it was at all because we weren't even chasing you weren't chasing, and Everton were there for the taking constantly throughout the game. Um, De Gea's... What about, uh, what about De Gea, though? Like, long-term, like, what do you do with that, that situation? How long is his contract? I think it's another two years. We're pissed, basically, because yeah. he's, he's on 375k a week. Um, so nobody's going to sign him. Um, so he's kind of... And it's COVID. Nobody's going to sign him because he's not going to want to take a reduction in pay. Um, so nobody's going to si- want to sign him. Obviously, Henderson comes in with a big reputation. To keep him, we put him on 150k. So between the two keepers, they're on like half a million a week now. Um, but the thing is, Henderson, when he has come in, hasn't come in and been resoundingly secure enough for people yeah, to be yeah. like, okay, this is his natural successor. But my thing is, we need to we need to know. So either De Gea is definitely not it. We know that his best days are behind him. Yeah. Henderson, we're not sure. He's 23, 24. This is his first time playing at this level. Yeah, us, yeah see him in the team for a sustained amount of time. Because even if he doesn't work out, with his reputation, you'll get him a 25, 30, 35 million pound move to another Premier League club. He's a British keeper. He's an English keeper. All things being well, he'll be England's number one at some point. So he definitely has resale value. But this David De Gea experiment has to end. It has to end. <laughs> um, he raised his level from last season because of the pressure, I believe, of Henderson. Um, but it's, it's, it's killing us now, man. Um, I've got a couple of thoughts on United, you know. Yeah, go on. Because I think I very much agree with your assessment of the Oli subs have completely thrown the game for you in a way because the quality, as you said, the quality that Pogba brings on the pitch, you didn't even try to replicate or um, replace. You brought something completely different to the game, which then negative affected the team and the situation around everything that you were playing um, for in that game. But um, I wonder really that I think Defensively, I think there's a lot of positions where United have spent a lot of money and have put a lot of, would you say, um, yeah, money behind certain players that can you move these players? I'm looking at the goalkeeper. I'm looking at one of the centre backs and I'm looking at the right back. This is a lot of money on 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 three players that I think ultimately I don't think all three of them are good enough for United, to be honest. And you kind of have to look for replacements in there. And um, whilst whilst all these subs were bad. I think the the defense being this nervy 
even even if even if Fred comes on, if your defense is kind of solid, they probably hush out some of these situations. But because the defense is nervy, because um, Wambasaka is going to slide in if someone gets into his space, because Maguire is going to be deep because he's not, he can't he doesn't trust himself to turn, and, and do you know what I mean? He's going to be deep and he's going to he's going to be the last man. These are these are an accumulation of um, the players have certain limitations, and. Um, it makes it worse when you do this, the wrong decisions like Oli did, but I think the team is limited in where it can go. So Agreed. what do you think the club is going to do in the summer around this? Um, it's an absolute mess, absolute shit show, to be honest with you. Um, we've been lucky because if you asked this question last year, we would have said the whole back line needs a revamp. But it seems like Luchio, six years in, has decided to turn the corner. <laughs> and he was, he was really good he again, was uh, yesterday and he's just generally had a good season. Um, Again, I will need a larger body of work for me to um, put my stocks in with Luke Shaw and be like, okay, this is our guy going forward because I've seen periods of good form from him and he always seems to only raise his level when he feels like his position is under threat. That to me is crazy. As an athlete at the top level, that uh, motivation needs to be uh, uh, come from within. Um, Tellez has come in. A lot of people thought he was going to bench him and he rose to that challenge last season when Brandon Williams came in, he rose to that challenge. So, yeah, let's see what he does. The issue with Maguire and Lindelof, uh, Maguire, just because of his limitations, he caps us because uh, as a top team, essentially, you want to start high up, as high up the pitch as you can because you want to squeeze your opposition into their defensive third of the pitch. But because of players like Maguire and Lindelof, who you can't leave big spaces behind, we have to start a lot deeper, which means your attackers pick the ball up a lot deeper. Your midfielders are picking the ball up 20, 30 yards deeper than ideally where you'd want them to be. So that caps mm-hmm. us in, in both directions, in all honesty. But both of them are okay. Ideally, you want to start them with a buy profile of uh, defender. So this is a defender who's front foot, aggressive, can engage with attackers um, physically, so that strength-wise, and uh, on the floor in terms of foot speed. Uh, Bailly, when he's played, he's he's been good this season. But again, he was injured for yesterday's game because I think he would have played. Um, you saw with their first goal, Maguire couldn't keep up with Calvert-Lewin. He generally does well when it's kind of like back to goal or it's a ball in the air, but he's always going to finish second in any sort of foot race. So uh, Maguire, we can't get rid of. Like <laughs> He's English. They've doubled down. They've made him the club captain. He's He costs £80 million. Pounds. Like, where does he, where does he go? Who wants him? Like, is he worth half of that? Maybe. I believe the Greek. The Greek. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's he's going to be a mainstay. So it's more a question of who do you put beside uh, Harry Maguire to 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 mitigate his weaknesses. Uh, I think at this point, Bay is just one of those players who is always going to get injured. So you really want him to be like your third or fourth choice defender. Um, so we need to go into the market and pick up a defender who has those characteristics is good on the ball, can engage physically um, and is aggressive in a front foot defender because that takes our defence up another level. Wambasaka, he's okay. Um, he just, he excels one-on-one as a defender. Uh, he has issues with his positioning, decision-making. Going forward, uh, you all know you all know his limitations there. He, he hampers us in terms of our ability to build down the right, which then has a knock-on effect on whoever's playing in front of him. Um, I question about Saka, sorry. Yeah, let me finish. Oh. Let me finish. Okay, so, go, go, go. Um, yeah, so he's he's cost us fifty million. So again, where does he go? Like we, we pay big fees and we pay big wages, uh, and most players are going to move on. They want to want their wages to be at least matched. So again, we're, we're kind of stuck with our lot, really. 
Um, we have a, a kid in the academy, Ethan Laird. He's on loan at a league, I think it's League One or League Two team. Um, he's he's doing really well. He's really highly rated. Um, so I'm hoping that after that loan, he can come into the first team and give uh, Wamba Saka uh, some genuine competition. He's explosive. He can carry the ball. He beats players one on one. He makes things happen. But he's also robust defensively. That's that's the type of profile of fullback that you want. Um, and in terms of a centre back, you just have to go out and get one. And I think even more importantly than that is a defensive midfielder. We need a defensive midfielder who is mobile and technically proficient um, because that defensive midfielder, if that's the player who's playing instead, so A, they start where Pogba started, Pogba started where McTominay started, and then you've got Bruno Fernandes doing Bruno Fernandes things, but then the level of your team just goes up completely. Because while Pogba can play that role, that's not what he does best. You'll do the job for the team, that's, that's absolutely fine. But with Maguire, with Lindelof, with these kind of defenders who cannot defend in open spaces, you need somebody in front of them. Like a Fernandinho. Imagine like a 28-year-old Fernandinho. Who's you, gonna... you mean Thomas Partey? Uh, yeah, but uh, a Thomas Partey that doesn't get injured. But yeah, Thomas yeah, Partey would... That. Would be <laughs> would be that perfect. Focus on getting on the pitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Thomas Party would be be perfect, but I feel like we we discuss this every single week. Um, Babs, you had a question about Wambasaka. Yes, so I know with Wambasaka, you guys are worried if he's attacking that ball, but I felt that um, on in the game against Everton for the first couple for the first half at least, I do feel like him advancing forward, advancing spaces, he did help push Everton back. So I don't think it's a thing of Wambasaka being bad offensively. I think it's a thing of like if he's there. To help push Everton back, it's still going to be helpful. But on the other side, I do think he'll be he'll benefit potentially, like Sean, in terms of having competition. And I don't know if you guys um actually follow Laird, but he's not actually getting that many minutes. Um, MK Doms. So mm-hmm. has, I think he's played about five. He's played like five games, and they're like what twenty five games this season. So I feel like that's that's another worry because if he if he, he really he went do, there, he went there in January. Oh, he went there in January. Oh, go. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought, God I thought, damn. I no, 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 no. Because no, I was going to ask you why you even check, why would you put, even be checking Laird's minutes at MK Guns? <laughs> You're absolute drunkard. Anyway, in terms of, in terms of um, Wambasaka, I agree in the first half he did well, but I think their formation, the diamond, lent well to that. I think it meant that we had a lot of spaces down those sides, but again, it's like, with like Maguire, because he's come out of like a solid period. I just, I know who these people are. So no matter how solid they are when they're solid, they're never going to change my opinion on them because I know what your liabilities are. So it doesn't matter how well he does the like performances he may have here or there going forward. I know who Wambasaka is. And for yep, a team yeah. that's going to 90, 95% of the time be the aggressors, be the ones who have to make things happen, it's not good enough. His abilities going forward are not good enough. So for me, yeah. um, I feel the same about Jaka. You know, you ain't gonna fool me. You ain't gonna fool me. You ain't gonna <laughs> yeah. do it. Basically, I know who you are. Like it doesn't matter how solid your performances are, but I know exactly who you are. Yeah, That's I the same with yeah. being hurt, Dyer. Yeah, we, we got we got <laughs> our markets along to it, man. Don't worry, man. We we yeah, do we got one of them. Every, everybody's got one. Everybody's got, but got not, one. Not all of them cost fifty million. Yeah, I, <laughs> why did you why did you mute yourself very quickly after you said that? <laughs> I to get my lock in, didn't it? <laughs> So, yeah, um, as we can all see, I think, um, yeah, Manchester, I think we're going to kind of be in for a top a top four battle now after, you know, the talk of 21-21. Um, I think a lot of games where we weren't necessarily good, we pulled out wins uh, based on individual quality. 
but I will always favour our process over individuals. And I think that across a 38-game season, you're going to regress to your means. So they're going to be games those individuals win you. But on the other hand, when they don't play well, they're going to be games where you should have won, which you don't end up winning. And then you'll also get the freak results like the loss against Sheffield United and the Prem is the Prem, like a last-minute equaliser against a team like Everton is, is not anything that you can't expect to happen to you at, at some point during the season. So, yeah, Whew. it's, it's, it's going to be tough, man. There's a, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's yeah, a lot yeah. of games left. There's a lot of games uh, left. Um, I've been dropping as well. The media, this is how I know that you guys don't actually play well because everyone's focusing so much, as in Redknapp and all these lot in the media, focusing so much on how you played well but drew. And I'm thinking to myself, so... What does that mean for all the times you win then? You guys just not play well then. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's that's been it. We've just had periods of the season where different players have stepped up and carried the team to win. And if that I think the first half performance was very much aided by how they decided to set up, not us having kind of finally cracked it. Um so if we continue to play games how we play, so we go down a goal, then we decide to start playing as a proper football team, we'll probably continue to drop points. So yeah, we've got to play most of the big teams again as well. So, um, right, do you think do you think top four is a bit in danger? And um, if Pogba is really out, I kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a muscle injury. Um, he pulled up his thigh. Um, it is because um, yeah, Babs, I'll just hide your screen. <laughs> um, if it's Fred that's coming in, uh, Fred McTominay and Bruno, yeah, I'm I'm not really here for all that at all. Um, Would you look at that as well? How the mighty have fallen. 9-0 win against a couple of Make-A-Wish Foundation youths here last week. And man, they were guessing. How the mighty have fallen. Um, Listen, what do you just, mean, wait, sir? Wait, the, game before that, the, the game before that, we lost against bottom of the league, Sheffield United. Okay, so we, haven't even, we haven't even had an opportunity for that 9-0 to marinate and enjoy it. The thing is, the games are coming so thick and so fast, yeah? On the good, on the good side, when you have a bad result, very quickly, there's another game for you to redeem yourself. Yeah, but yeah. when you get a 9-0, you can't even... You're already like, I hope we can beat... I, I was... <laughs> I was doing on Twitter. People were saying, yeah, Martial scored as well. I said, rah, so what? This is the yeah, opposition. These, 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 lot, these, lot, these lot kill me, man. I think when he came, I knew he wouldn't start against Everton just because Cavani's doing his thing and he, he's getting chances, even though he's not scoring them. He's busy and he's always a goal threat, which Martial, as our striker, isn't doing. Yeah. Um, but... um. What did you ask me? Shit. About getting more show on that and then... And then the yeah, so when he came on, so when he came on, for me, I think that was just for him. You have to do something or you're absolutely fucking finished. Like, I'm not going to rate you for scoring against 10 men Southampton, but I'll know you're not a piece of shit. I'll know you're not a piece of shit. So he's yeah. proven to Oli that he's not a piece of shit. Um, what we do with him going forward... We'll see. We'll we'll see. It, it's going to be tough, man. We need we need more from Rashford. We need more from Greenwood. We need more from Fred. We need more from we need more everyone in the team. I always feel like someone's carrying you. Every I, honestly, Oli's whole tenure at Man United, I always feel like someone is carrying you. So like yeah. Rashford last season and why we used to get I used to get so frustrated whenever you guys beat us that first half of the season because I felt like we outplayed you in maybe not the first game. First, not the first game, but the other yeah. games you did, the exactly. other the other three and you did. Rashford yeah. was just doing nonsense, like and that's my guy. Everyone, even the Chelsea man, no, that's my boy in it. Yeah, even the free kick from five hundred yards, I was conflicted. You know what I'm trying to say, like. <laughs> so yeah, no, someone you're someone you're always on someone's back. Rashford, the first half of last season until he got injured, was absolutely carrying you lot at times. 
Um, obviously, he got injured. Bruno comes in. Pogba comes. At times this season as well, Pogba's very much had you when he's back now. Times Rashford and Bruno together. Someone's always got you in there. It's not a process thing. At that, mm. that point, it's definitely correct. Definitely correct. It's not, it's not sustainable. So my thing, even when we were top, I was like, this is going to regress and it's going to be a top four battle. And you got you got all the all the ringworms coming out of the woodwork now. Oh, we're just six points behind you. We're just five points behind you. I'm referring to you, Babs and Ben, when I say the ringworms. So, brother, in case you were confused, right now, Google Galatians four sixteen. Yeah, (laughs) I think you'll find it says, "Have I now become your enemy for telling you the truth?" That's uh, the best I, I, don't think, I don't think we can end it any better than that. <laughs> uh, uh, on that note, I think we'll, we'll call proceedings to a close. So, um, Ben, just to thank you for coming on, uh, what I uh, believe should be the first of many an appearance. Um, German Dan, please don't come on without a trim, bro. Like, <laughs> even if even if you have to do it yourself, just you sort it out because I'm I'm quite rattled to be honest with you. Um, Babs, always a pleasure, bro. Always thank you, bro. Pleasure. Yeah, uh, Tobes. Nice one, man. Uh, thanks for holding up. We haven't had a Spurs guy on for for a few weeks, so it was it was good to see you off the back of a win. Would have been nice to see you last week or the week before because I would have really feasted. But you're here now, eh? Yeah. All right, man. Uh, with that, lads, have a nice evening and stay safe, man. Peace. Podcast Network.